You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in the Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, and with me per usual, my master of all things video and sound, Maxime. How's it going? I am excited to announce that joining us just at the exact right time and after way too long, Yahoo Sports College and NBA guru, the best draft insider has spent season after season developing more background, relationships, and experience than anyone anywhere within the sports media landscape. A basketball head with superior knowledge to every random guy who has tried to mansplain the game to her in a bar. And my favorite guest on this show, Miss Kristen Peake. What's going on, KP? I'm so glad we're doing this today and not on, what was it, like the Friday after the draft when you guys asked me to do this. And I was like, I haven't slept in a week. I'm still in New York. We can do it. But I've been writing a new mock draft for until like 5 a.m. Like, I can't imagine what that podcast would have been. Maybe it would have been amazing. I don't know. But this this feels a little better for me. I'm going to try to come up with a more selfish request than I had last week. The idea that, I mean, so I know that you work, I mean, based on the conversations we've had in the past, I know literally you work for about three years leading all the way up to a specific day of the draft. And the idea that during that day is when I reached out, I was like, yeah, you might be busy, but maybe you want to come and record a podcast. Look, it was an asshole request, Christian. I can see that now. And I'm not going to apologize. We all know I'm selfish, but it is what it is. Well, no, but I, I jumped on with you guys. I think it was the two days before the draft last year and I made time. So it wasn't, it didn't feel that selfish. It was just Appreciate like, uh, yeah, you know, it's fine. I wish you hadn't included the word that in that last sentence. I mean, you could have just said it didn't seem selfish, but that's fine. And I'll also admit to you, this feels, you know, we love having you on. You heard me say favorite guest. I mean it. But it feels like I'm talking to a real celebrity now because even though I haven't uh, recorded with you for a few weeks, I've been seeing your face everywhere. You know, I, I thought all over social media during the draft, I heard your voice during a bunch of interviews. So, you know, it's kind of awesome to see you on here. We, uh, we appreciate you. And, I'm letting you know right now, next year's draft, we'd like you to record with us during it, if that's okay. I mean, yeah, oh, you can tell. Perfect. Well, you know, can I tell you, so even, I think it was, I don't know, 40 minutes before the draft and we're in the back 
Um, we have our own little space and my producer is asking me to jump on set and do a camera test to make sure like the audio is working, whatever. I look down at my phone and Mark Cuban's calling me and I was like, I got it. I was like, I got to take this. He's like, no, no, we got to do this test. I was like, it's, it's Mark Cuban. I got to take this. And so I, I answer, he's like, Kristen, Mark Cuban. And I'm like, Hey, Mark. And he, he was, he wanted to obviously ask me about some players, but and then my my producer's like, was that really Mark Cuban? I was like, yeah, he's, I mean, it's a big night for, you know, if you have a lottery pick, it's a big night. So, uh, yeah, no, I would I would love to join you guys. I mean, it, I mean you guys, Mark Cuban, it's, it's the same. It's, it's right there. Well, I mean, we should be a little bit higher. Cascading <laughs> thoughts, one, that Mark Cuban uh, impersonation was amazing. I feel like we've now had Mark Cuban on the show. So nicely played there. And then Maxime, did we get some calls from cubes on draft now i mean he didn't hit me but maybe he hit you as the as yeah, the he might, there or? were a lot of calls coming in you know how it coming is in. i mean it's a busy right. day it's a busy day it's so busy who day. knows who was calling I, and i'll let you know christian i would have put all of those calls to the side to record with you but you weren't interested so we weren't able to do that let's jump in so look i have so many things to ask you about so so many draft questions and warriors questions and all this stuff but i'm going to start with a segment we haven't done forever and you helped actually motivate me to do it. It's the off the court report. If you're new to this podcast, the idea behind this is pretty simple. Um, Maxime and I love the game, but we don't have anywhere near the access that Kristen does. In fact, as we just heard, she's got fucking Cuban giving her a call. So for the off the court report, basically we just ask the guest to give us something they noticed off the floor. Right. And in this instance, it's the draft and here's what motivated me. Let's pull up that tweet. Uh, Maxime, here is from Kristen, quote, my favorite moments from draft night are the ones off camera. After being in the gym with these guys for so many years and seeing how hard they work to reach their dream, there's nothing better. So I'll shut up. KP, give us some moments. What stuck out from that draft? Honestly, it's like graduation for me. And I mean that. Like I, you know, Jet Howard came back and he almost like cried in my arms. Jet went 11 to um, the, the Orlando Magic. And, and he said to me, and he turned to our producer and he's just like, you don't understand KP. She's like an auntie to me. She interviewed me when I was 14 years old at, you know, a USA basketball mini camp. And she's, she's been there to give encouraging words when I didn't make the McDonald's game. And, you know, she's always been in my corner. So that to me is like my favorite part is seeing the guys like take an exhale They've, they've reached their dreams. They know where they're going. And some of them obviously going higher than they thought. I think Jet was the biggest surprise. But also for Derek here, it's like Derek Lively going to the Mavs as a lottery pick when he was, I'm sorry, horrible at Duke this past year, you know, and, and just going through that adversity and going through those roller coasters of up and downs of like, am I good enough to be an NBA player? Am I good enough to make an NBA roster? And seeing them and just like being there for them because there aren't a lot of people there at the draft that have been in the gym as much with these guys. Actually, like I, I feel confident saying this. There is nobody at the draft that yep. has been in the gym with these players as much as I have leading up to it. So to me, it's, it's a graduation. I am a proud auntie, bonus aunt, whatever. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a really fun night. It's a, hectic, stressful night. But I remember my coworker, Vinny Goodwill, he's our senior NBA writer. And he came back and he's just like, 
are you tired? This is after the first round. I was like, I'm really not. Like, I, I love the draft. I love it. But do I love leading up to it? No, there's a lot of phone calls. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of writing. There's a lot of reporting. But draft night is so fun. Dude, it's got to be emotionally exhausting. So like you, you talk about it, it's like watching a graduation, but it's more than that, right? It's a competitive graduation. For every person who's moving up in the draft, somebody else is dropping down. And so that's got to be real hard for you. You know, I mean, like just, just watching some of these guys' dreams go the other direction. But I got to follow this up. Otherwise, I'd be shitty at my job. Derek Lively, I know, went to Dallas, right? And it turns out that you had a call with Mark Cuban before the draft. Any discussion about Lively or is that uh, something I shouldn't be asking you about? No comment. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Um, uh, to quickly whisk us away from that, any moments that stick out? You know, things we didn't see on camera just from that, uh, from draft night. I will say uh, probably when Anthony Black saw Keontae George backstage for the first time and they had this really great moment where they had a long hug. Like nobody, not a lot of people know this, but um, Key Keontae, who is, oddly enough, heading to Utah to the Jazz. Um, Keontae and Anthony Black are childhood best friends. Like they grew up playing video games together. They grew up, you know, just being at each other's houses. I've been to multiple lunches and camps with both their moms. And so to see them kind of reunite and be like, we did it was really amazing. And at one point I had this other, this player who's, you know, uh, playing at Syracuse next year, Chance Westry. He FaceTimed me and he's like, KP, you're doing great. I'm watching all your stuff. And Keontae was walking by and I was like, Key, do you know this guy? And apparently like he had just seen Chance a week ago and he was just like, yo, my boy, we did it. <laughs> and you, you see like the jazz social guy just like, who is this? Like he's getting his camera out, like wanting to capture this moment because like he lost his mind when I was just like, Key. Here's, do you know Chance? And like, and and so that was a pretty cool moment. And honestly, just seeing Victor and how how calm he was and how he just accepted immediately like the role that he's going to take in terms of his media obligations, in terms of you know uh, talking to everyone, answering. Like by the time he got to us, I think he was doing media for over an hour. And he sat down and, and I was like, how are you doing? He's like, KP, I'm tired. And I was like, I know, I know. You. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there's me and Victor. Uh, I was like, I know, but I appreciate you taking the time. And I'll tell you what, we sh we had a video of, um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on his name? The, the number one football player in the NFL that went number one. What is his name from Alabama? I can't. I'm also blanking now, but I know who you're talking about. What is his name? Why can't I not think of his name? Anyways, the number one pick in the NFL, we had a video to Victor saying, hey, welcome to America. I'm going to be cheering you on. And like, and Victor goes, uh, who, who is this? <laughs> what what team is he with? Is this American football? I was like, all right, well, this bombed. Like, <laughs> I was like, let's just move on from this. Like, <laughs> Poor guy. He's probably just like, why is she showing me this video? Um, but yeah, he was great. Um, seeing his, his parents and, you know, we, Bram, you texted me about his little brother who's already like six, eight. I'm on board. You know, 
I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm sorry that the Warriors didn't use the 19th pick to grab him. I don't know if he was actually <laughs> available, um, but I got a bunch of follow-up questions here, and this is one that's searing through me. Did you let Keontae know anything about the terrible Utah dating scene, or did you just keep that in pocket? He he has a lovely girlfriend that has Good. he's been with for a long time. So he doesn't have to so worry about it. He doesn't have to that. worry about it. Um, um, it I will... I will let his mother know if she wants to come here for an extended time and test the dating pool. I will <laughs> a thousand percent let her know. Yeah, careful. And I'm going to have you know, I don't know if you've noticed anything yet. My goal today is no F-bombs. I know that Mama Peak may be out there watching. Okay, so okay. I'm, I'm doing my best. We'll see. We'll see if we get there. You guys can call me out. But so far, so good. Then follow-ups on Victor. So I, I know you've got relationships with all these guys. And because of that, you're used to knowing people who are in the spotlight. But Victor's spotlight is red hot. You know, I mean, okay. he, he is his his Q score must be through the roof. Is it weird having a close relationship with somebody with this level of fame? I don't I don't think so, because well, not for me, because I mean, I I have to talk to him for my job. Right. Yep. So and then and then I meet his parents and his parents are lovely, lovely people. And to the point where, you know, I was staying at the hotel where all the players were staying. I'll tell you two stories. And I was in the lobby with another, uh, there were a couple other uh, lottery picks sitting there and Victor walked by and they had never met him or seen him. And it was their first time seeing him. And one of them goes, whoa, he's big as F. And he's just like, I wasn't expecting him to be that tall. And then, and then the other one goes, he's like, what did you think seven foot four looked like, man? Like, like, so it just seeing the reaction from other draft prospects, like give him that respect uh, when he was around. And then also like I was at the elevator going up to my room and the elevator opened and Victor's dad, Felix, was coming out. And like I've, I've met Felix a bunch of times now. So I was like, oh, Felix, hi, welcome. And he had a his hands were full with a room service tray that was just like stacked up. And I was like, do you need help with that? And he goes, oh, no, no, I didn't. I didn't want to bother anyone coming up. So I'm, I'm bringing it down to them. And I'm like, I love this family. And then I heard this other story where Victor like did this story, like he did this thing where he rode the subway. Um, but of course, they had to clear the car. Like it was a whole thing. It was a whole publicity thing. So he rode the subway to Yankee Stadium and then his mom and dad were supposed to get in a car and meet him there. And so he leaves on the subway and then he gets to the stop and like his, his PR person was like, oh, we got to wait for your parents. He's like, what do you mean? They're supposed to be in the car. And he's like, oh, no, they they wanted the experience. They rode the subway, too. So <laughs> it's just like like they, they I, I love I love this family. I think Victor was born to be in this position. He's so calm. He he speaks very well like to the media and I cannot wait to see him on the court in Summer League. Dude, the level of humility that that room service story tells, I mean the so like oh, I don't know when it would have started, but certainly in this last year, you know, the their their yes. celebrity is just going straight up in these last few months, everyone's known he's number 1, and so those parents, you are now sitting on the eve of the big, you know, like everybody knows you're about to be crowned king of the draft. Right. And the idea that that evening 
in a very, I would imagine, hotel suite before they go and hear that, they're like, you know what? I'm not going to bother anybody. I'm just going to bring this back down. That's impossible. There's, it's there's, unbelievable. We'll never do that. And uh, then, and wait, wait, one more story. I was the day, the morning of the draft, I was down in the lobby. If you guys don't like, haven't picked up, that's where like, you know, that's where all the action is in the lobby in the hotel where all the players are and the agents. So I'm down in the lobby and I'm talking to one of Victor's agents. And I was like, oh, did you all get a good night's sleep? And he goes, oh, you'll never believe it. At 1 a.m., I get a call from Victor. And he said fans were knocking on his door. They figured oh. out which room he was in asking for pictures and autographs. So they had to get security to, like, escort those fans out. And they had to switch them rooms. Huh. At, and I was just like, <laughs> the night before the draft, oh, by the way, I'm looking at the chat. It was Bryce Young. Thank you, Noah, about oh, there you go. the number one we pick. We appreciate Noah, you, Noah. coming through with the W. does, <laughs> uh, Maxime, personality-wise, so the, to nobody's surprise, if I feel like I've known about something for a while, then that something becomes popular, I go out of my way to do that douchey thing to tell everybody, oh, well, I've been on this you know, for quite some time. Um, Borat is a good example. I used to watch Borat on HBO forever. Then they did the movie. Everybody loved him. And I would casually mention in every conversation, well the movie is not quite as good as a television show just because I wanted them to know how long I'd been up on this popular thing. So for Kristen, she is, you know, she is known fucking Victor is going to be in this spot for way longer than anybody else. Do you think she's the kind of person who's, who's tipping that to like, just casually mention to people, ah, oh, well, when I was with his family five years ago, and if, you know, just dropping those kind of stories, or do you think she plays it kind of cool? Because I bet she plays it cool, but I, I don't know. What's your guess? Yeah, I feel like the you know the answer is it's my job. I got to play it cool, right? But I think actually, so so that's the professional answer, and we all know that that's actually what she does. But I get the sense that like that's actually how KP like there's a reason that KP's in this position at all, right? And it's because that's the innate uh, ability, anyways. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna add before you give us the answer, Kristen. I do not think you do that normally. Ninety nine percent of the time, you don't. But when you're with other people, other insiders who do this, that's when you do it because you are just as competitive as the rest of us. And I think that fucking you you would occasionally drop to someone pretending to be a Win Benyama expert. Oh, that's an interesting opinion. Too bad you haven't researched it for the last twenty years like I have. Like something <laughs> something like that. I'll tell you what. Okay, I've learned my lesson because there. I'll tell you about a date. This is a dating story. Where <laughs> we got there organically. Where, I know, I know. Where I was, I, and maybe I've told this story before because it was um, when Zion Williamson was going through the draft, and this guy asked me out, and he was like a, a music executive in Los Angeles, and he says to me, he's like, "Oh well, you know, Zion was always going to go to Duke." And, and I said, I was like, um, uh, actually, his dad went to South Carolina. His best friend at the time, uh, Devon Dotson, was a guard at Kentucky. And Duke already had three of the top 10 players in the class. Like, And even Coach K, when I talked to him, said he was shocked as anyone that Zion committed to Duke. And the guy looks at me, and he takes a sip of his drink. And he puts it down and he reaches in his wallet. And he puts $40 on the table and he goes, yeah, I can't do this. Oh. <laughs> he gets up and walks away. And what? Like, that guy. Oh, you got me to say the F-bomb. That story got me so angry. I, just, I immediately dropped it. We didn't even get to 20 minutes. I know. Uh, I was right just like, okay. And then, and then just going back to when I was in a relationship and we would go to weddings with like all of my exes, like college bros. And he'd be like, can you tone it down a little bit and oh not God. let on to like how much you know what? about 
basketball. And so like through those interact through those different scenarios, I've now like learned to tone it down. Do I always do it? No. That guy, your ex is an asshole and an idiot. He should have done the white man can't jump move. You know, where like he like he started some competitive conversation between you and his friends and just intimated, oh, I bet you she knows a lot more <laughs> than you do. And that just allowed you to fucking dominate him. Now I've dropped two F bombs. This story got me too fired up. We've got to go in a slightly different direction here. Um, Maxime, I gotta ask. I know it's the same direction, but you, would you tip your hand? Would you tell people, uh, you know, yep, I've been doing this forever? And by the way, KP, in that story, you dropped like five or six of them. Devon Dobson, I talked to Coach K. They already have uh, three top ten people. I like, know. I think I think it was loaded. the fact. I think the fact that I said, "Oh, well," when I talked to Coach K, okay, as soon 100%. as I said that, he's like, "I'm out." She yeah, talked no. to Mike Shashevsky. I'm out. I mean, if we rearrange the letters in your sentence, what it told that guy was, "How about you stop talking about basketball because you know nothing," which you know is is probably right. Uh, Maxine, what would you do? So, so here's the thing. So, I if I actually had KP's love, the KP that's not like fronting, right? That's not like trying right. to show off. That's just like, oh, you want the information? Like, here are all the reasons I had. Like, this is just backing it up with facts. So, right. So, like, what you're asking me. Like, I come from a place of, like, I need to bullshit because I don't have the facts. I'm just out here, you know, I don't talk to Coach K. So so it would be a little bit of a different scenario, and, I, you know, I would try to do that. And, and KP, I have, a, I have a friend who, like, um, she tours. She's a, um, a musician, and she, you know, she goes on tour. She's um, in, a, in a bunch of, like, pretty good groups, right? And so she, for a while, dated other musicians and eventually, like, gave up on it. And was like, yeah, I'm only looking for people that don't play music. Like, I just have to obviously be better than them because otherwise there's this weird pissing contest where, like, guys, just guys in general think they're better. So, like, maybe you just got to find a guy that hates basketball, you know? I mean, we go back to the mansplaining thing. It's like dudes feel like they have to, they're like, oh, you work in the NBA? And then they feel like they have to mansplain everything. I'm like, bro, you are, you are, like, a fan of this. Like, I just, talk to Victor Wimbenyama like I know his dad like don't mansplain yeah. who like Victor Wimbenyama is like please see we're looking at a, a quote from <laughs> Noah there that said <laughs> yeah. I would so watch a pod video of men trying to mansplain b-ball to KP only for her to smack them down and I'm reading that only because Noah you're watching that video so I, mean, I, know, know. I would drop no that would be a pod that my mother would not be allowed to watch because I would drop so many mfers to all these I mean, idiots I, I mean, Mrs. Peak, I, we, when you listen to this, know that it was Christian who forced me into the foul language, <laughs> and I immediately apologize. Last take on this. Maxime, you're right. You know, she is. She is just dropping facts. But from my perspective, she could have got the, or given that dude the kill shot with just the Coach K. That You added the other things was the, yeah, I know way more than this. And I'm a little bit competitive. Let's move on, you guys. Let's go to the glass half full. It's where we look back at recent hoop news. We give something we like something we don't i'll go first here what i don't like i don't like that cam whitmore not only slipped out of the top 10 that he slipped past the warriors at 19 he is the exact kind of guy that i would have loved the warriors to take a shot at and when it got closer and he got to 13 i didn't let you know i, I didn't even want to consider it when it got to 15 i started thinking it was a possibility but you know i didn't want to hold on too much when it actually got to 19 and then they didn't take him i, I didn't like it so for you Kristen, what happened any information about the slide okay. should the warriors have taken him what went down 
Okay. Uh, all right. Well, first of all, I had information leading up to the draft um, from other teams that the Warriors were already locked in on pods hmm. at 19 at Brandon Puzinski. And also um, the reason why Cam fell so far was, and I haven't seen the medical myself, but this is from other teams, was that his medical, uh, there were question marks about mm. it and particularly surrounding his knee and his foot. And mm. I don't know if this was information that was then told to Cam. Like during the draft week, it's like when he heard that he was falling, I, I would see him in the elevator. I saw him, you know, uh, in the media day leading up to it. I was like, Cam, what is going on? You know, and, and he's just like, huh. I don't know, KP, I'm up and down, I'm up and down. And he's like, I might go five, I might go 30, but guess what? I'm I'm fine with that. Look at where we're at. We're at the NBA draft. I'm going to be in the NBA. Hmm. You know, so he had the right attitude about it, but I don't think in his mind that he was going to fall past 10. Sure. And so when he fell to 20, and my and like in mock drafts before his medical was made available to teams at the NBA draft combine, it was we were there was information out there that the Rockets loved him, like they they loved Cam Whitmore. So the fact that they got a one of the best playmakers in the draft and a Men Thompson yep. at four, and then they picked up Cam Whitmore at twenty was insane. But again, we don't know what is in that medical that every other team that saw it was like, nope, we're good. We don't, we don't care what he projects as like, this is a problem. I mean, I remember seeing in early mock drafts, the possibility of Houston taking him at four. Yes. You know, and then so that they got both the dudes who they were considering between at four is a hell of a boon for them. Um, I mean, I, you know, medical concerns are what they are and I guess we'll see what happens with pods, but I, I don't know. It was something that I didn't like. Uh, yeah. How about you guys? Something you liked or didn't? Either from the draft or you can go further than that. Something I didn't like from the draft. Um, do you know what I don't like? Why don't they make this like a two-night thing? Like, sure. why do we start it at 8 p.m.? And then we're hearing names all the way up until midnight. Do you know what I mean? Or 1130 yep. or whatever it is. Like, why don't we either a start it early and just make it the lottery show earlier in the day or the day before. And then the rest of everyone like that. I mean, it's always a late night, but like, especially this year, it felt like, okay. The, the NBA feels reluctant to accept just how, um, how popular it currently is. You know, the, the NFL has like nine days of televised draft. Um, and it's because they know that everybody wants as much NFL content as they can possibly get. The NBA, I think, has reached a real similar level of popularity. You know, I mean, why not embrace it? I'm with that. I would watch multiple days. You, uh, yeah, you, you've got me for sure. At least one audience member would be out there. Well, that's also one of like those things that like by, by, by the time you get to like the 40th pick, I'm starting to lose focus, right? And I mean, as like as a casual from like as casual as in, I love the NBA. I'm like very casually watching uh, college basketball at best. Like I'm just tuning out. And if you start the second day, you get a chance to get some hype. You maybe review some of the top draft picks, and then you're into this like 
fresh feeling thing for the second round, um, I think that could actually feel a lot better because you started to get into a lot of the same things, right? Where the same questions are being asked, like, how does it feel to finally be in the NBA? And it's like each one of those stories for that person, for their family, for the like, you know, 40, 50 people that are huddled around a television in their hometown talking about it, right? That's, that's really important to them. And I want them to have that moment. And like, that's why I watch the NBA draft is like, it's like, it's genuine feeling. It's the best feeling ever. Um, but yeah. it's exhausting to me as a viewer. And I think they would have a better time, even though the people that got past 30 would have to wait a whole extra 24 hours to find out if they got in. Cause right by the time you get in the second round, it's starting to be like, holy shit, am I actually going to have to pick, you know, am I going to have to end up on a 10 day? Like this is not a guarantee anymore. And I like, I think if I'm sitting in that potential second round, I don't want it to go to another day, but it is a pretty good idea overall for viewership. I mean, maybe even like, I mean, I, maybe that's just me qualming because I know these kids so well. And so when I see like Amani Bates go 48, I see Amari Bailey go 40 something. I see Gigi Jackson fall. It's like, I want them to have their moment, but like, you guys as casual fans are probably like, all right, we saw Victor, we saw Scoot, we saw the Thompson twin. Let's get this over with. Like, I don't okay. know, maybe that's just, that's the okay. selfish thing for me. I, don't know. I was going to give you shit about the use of the word quamming, something I've never used, but instead I'm going to focus on the casual fans thing. Who are you calling casual? Why don't you settle down over there? I mean, I feel like we are not quite casual. Uh, I'll give you one more thing. I both like and don't. Perfect glass half full. Uh, if we've got the tweet about JK, go ahead and pull it up. So I'll, I'll admit to you, we are late to this, right? What I like, like that there was a rumor that Jonathan Kaminga is not only growing in the offseason, he's up to seven feet. We're looking at a, a tweet here. Uh, Moses Moody on Jonathan Kaminga having another growth spread over this past year. I'm not lying. He's tall as fuck now. Uh, and then the final line of it, 20-year-old Kaminga now rumored to be seven feet. Here's what I don't like. Apparently, this is not true. So I'll admit to everybody, I 100% fell for this. I'm not sure why. And since we found out that maybe it's not so accurate, uh, in fact, Kendrick Perkins went live with it on first take and then just got <laughs> skewered for it. Uh, Christian, have you seen Kaminga? And is there any truth to the rumor that he's actually taller than one Banyama now? I feel like this was a trend that was going around Twitter where, like, one fan said something or one one player said something about uh Jalen Duran and how he hit a growth spurt. And then it's like other players tongue in cheek said the same thing about one of their young teammates. And so then we started seeing like everybody, everybody's seven feet tall, everybody's seven foot two. Like that's what we were seeing. And so I saw this and I was like, oh, no way Kaminga hit a growth spurt. He's been the same size for like the last three years I've seen him. And so, like, I didn't take anything to heart. And then I see Pert <laughs> say something. And I'm like, oh, my God. Who didn't tell him? Like, who? You know what's fucking great about this? Literally seconds. I mean, less than 15, 20 seconds. After I throw a temper tantrum about you using the phrase casual, I then give you a story that underlines why I'm a casual fan. You know, they're, they're like, oh, no, I was positive. He was seven foot five. And it turns out absolutely not. Here is Kendrick Perkins. Uh, getting busted out for the same mistake I made. Reports I'm hearing that Jonathan Kaminga is now 7'2". The kid has gotten better every single season. Reports I'm hearing. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We haven't seen him yet. Maybe he is 7'2". And when he He's is, I can't not. wait. Well, so, I mean, to, to be fair, Twitter has become a cesspool of, you know, NBA nephews with blue check marks 
feigning validity. And yet I believe that actually is Iguodala's account. Um, so oh, yeah. if, so if, right, so there's the follow-up tweet from Andre Iguodala saying, I just saw JK, he seven two. Obviously <laughs> he- He's been on the joke. <laughs> right, he's like, he, he, listen, there, if there are two people that we've talked about so far that are not casuals, it's Chris and Peek and Andre Iguodala, right? So if he says it, I'm Bram. like, oh, okay, and, and, well, and I don't know. You forgot to say Bram in that? Oh, yeah. You might want to add Bram to that sentence. I don't know, man, whatever. <laughs> I actually heard a rumor that Chris Paul is at a growth spurt. He's actually at 7.5 right now. So, you know, it's going to really, I mean, I, we'll wait. We'll wait for Andre to verify all of that. Let's go to our golden questions. Christian, this is our mailbag. Um, they almost always deal with the Warriors, occasionally get personal. And this one's pretty draft heavy. Here's the first. Who is the best player in this draft class not named Victor? It's got to be Scoot Henderson, hands down. I mean, what he projects as the next level at the next level, um, you know, a cross between uh, Russell Westbrook and a healthy Derrick Rose, um, Allen Iverson, like he's going to be that next great point guard that hits the league. Um, so it has to be Scoot. And like, I don't know if you guys saw the reaction from inside where the Charlotte Hornets play and their mm. mascot when they announced that they were taking Brandon over Scoot. No. He goes, oh, and shakes no. his head. Like in super exaggerated mascot fashion. Yes. You know, like yeah. you go, like, I, the mascot's name is Hugo. I don't know why I know that, but he he was not exactly happy that they they took brandon i'm fine with the pick but um, oh, oh. oh my god dude i'd like if i was involved in the front office in any way i'm firing <laughs> hugo as quickly as i possibly can we're having that full in it's like do you understand that you are supposed to fire like whatever happens dude you need to make sure the audience is excited for this you can't be doing that bullshit oh hugo that is terrible <laughs> I, word by you i know so it'll be interesting to see well It'll be interesting to see a lot of things that happen this summer. A, if Dame stays, and B, if he stays, then, um, you know, I, I really do think that there's a lot of respect for Scoot coming into Portland in that situation, and a lot more respect than what it would have been going in playing alongside LaMelo. And so he's not necessarily going to take a back seat, but he's definitely going to learn a lot if Dame is still there and and, and try to – be as productive as possible his rookie year. But I asked Scoot, I said, listen, in any other draft, you would be the number one pick. And now you fall into three. Are you, I know how competitive you are. Are you going in with a chip on your shoulder, you know, for those rookie awards? And he said, he's like, it's even playing field now that we've all been drafted. We're all the same once we enter the court and enter the lines on the court. And he's like, I'm about to show everyone what I'm about. And I'm like, Ooh, okay. And he's saying this with his ridiculous suit and his grill in his mouth. I'm like, how do you talk? Like, how are you talking? <laughs> I almost did today's podcast with a similar grill, but I, I can't, <laughs> no. I can't talk very well, which is why I took it out. It would have been good for the video. Um, it's almost best case scenario for him, at least, you know, I mean, he, he's got motivation. He'll have an ass load of opportunity. I can't right. imagine they're going to go through the season with both Lillard and Scoot there. And if it ends up with just his team, and I got to follow up on this in a moment here, um, you know, it's it's a bunch of young guys with nothing but uh, burn for him to to use. So it should be really exciting. First, let me give you a little insight and random background. Uh, and this is on NBA mascots. So way, way, way back when the Warriors still had one, Thunder, we had him on this show, Siddiqui Fuller. 
rest in peace. Um, and he gave us a bunch of behind the scenes stories. And one of them that it's always stuck with me and I've just never brought back up. He told us at the end of each year, the mascots had a party in Vegas in a suite where a lot of them wore the costumes, Christian. So who knows what happened in that suite? What kind of crazy shit went down? But I've always like just the concept of a like no holds barred mascot party in a Vegas suite has always stuck out to me. So, you know, I'm sure Hugo is going to go and recount all of his various draft thoughts in Vegas towards the end of the year. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's make this more about Lily. Okay, so we are on the other side of a Chris Paul trade that has divided the Warriors fan base. And we now know that the Warriors are willing to or were willing to give up JP and are wanting to go all in right now. You know, it's it's a Steph-centric approach to the season. So let me couple this with the scoot going three. So the the you know what everyone now is at least acknowledging there's a chance that Portland wants to trade Lillard. And they're just going to uh, go towards the future. So I hopped on the trade machine, and here is a trade the Warriors could have offered. Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, GP2, and two first-rounders, and they could have gotten Lillard back. I don't know if Portland would have said yes to this, but for you guys, would you have preferred, instead of CP3 coming, would you have preferred Lillard? Maxime, you go first. I got to go let in 
this guy who's spraying my house for bugs. Hold on. He just knocked on the door. Oh. Hold on. You go first. It's exciting times. Uh, <laughs> I was just uh, pitching somebody on um, having a Halloween costume where they were breaking bad. Um, and then we could actually like tent the house to have like bug spray and they could like kill all the bugs at the same time. He's like, no, I live in a neighborhood where people think we would actually be selling meth. So I can't be doing that. Um, <laughs> anyways, that's an aside. Uh, you know, I, I, I think I would rather have Lillard. I don't know that I want all of the pieces going out. I think actually in terms of our ability to get off the Jordan Poole's contract, um, as relatively seamlessly as we did, um, getting back Chris Paul, Chris Paul is also, um, brilliant. And I, despite the rumors that are coming out that he might be coming off, uh, that he might be starting um, and bringing Looney off the bench instead. I mean, Steve Curry is going to play around with the lineups. I'm sure we'll see Chris Paul start a couple of games at least. Um, but look, dude is, is much older than Damian Lillard, which I think actually in this specific instance helps us. There's not a situation. I think Lillard would defer to Steph too, but there would be more of this feeling that we need to start him because he's still in his prime. And I mean, we just saw his best uh, season last year so unlike Chris Paul he's still very much square in the middle of what's going on so that's the thing right there right is I like the idea that Chris Paul could lead the second unit I think as a floor general he's fantastic especially for the young players I've talked about this ad nauseum already on this podcast so I will say the flip side of it is <laughs> so the fact that Gary Payton is in that trade I think that in and of itself is a non-starter. Um, Portland just traded him back to us, and we had some pretty nasty um, barbs flying back and forth about our medical and whether or not they gave him a Tordal injection or whatever. Um, you know, and, and I think there's a lot of bad blood between our two front offices, and I don't get the sense because Draymond is also rumored to be in conversations to go to the Trailblazers, and like, and everybody's saying, yeah, but I don't think the Trailblazers are very interested in in working with the Warriors right now, and so that's maybe the main reason that this trade doesn't get done, regardless of whether or not I like it. Well, if you're Portland too, if you're trading out Lillard, is because you want to focus towards the future, so you don't want Day or Draymond, you know. I mean, that that's not necessarily going to help you. And I'll tell you, there was a version of this that involved Clay because their contracts are very similar, but it just felt like I was selling my soul, so I said no. Um, my take on the one I gave you, JP, JK, JP2, two first rounders from the Warriors perspective. So if I could just trade CP3 for Lillard, of course, heartbeat right now. I mean, what are we talking about? He's from fucking Oakland. He would help us immediately. So, you know, that flip, of course I would make. But would I give up all of those pieces for Lillard? I wouldn't. So even if, if what we're talking about is all in right now, We've seen a lot of versions of those top-heavy, only-stars teams not win championships. You know, Brooklyn came close and then didn't. Phoenix, I guess we'll see, but last year they didn't get there. And what I think we've learned, even from teams like Denver, is you need some depth. You need someone on the bench. And so if we did that and we gave up all of these players in addition to Jordan Poole, I think we would have a real similar situation to last year. I think our starting five, I think those numbers would be unbelievable. You know, the plus minus would be through the roof. And then our, our, did I lose you guys again? God damn it. This, yeah, there are bench numbers much like last year would be awful because they would be so thin. So I would, uh, I'd say no to this, but to you, Christian, either way, either thoughts on Chris Paul or this Lillard trade I just shot you. Uh, can we all just agree that Chris Paul wants to go? <laughs> Gary has a lot to say about this. Clearly. He's protecting you from that shady dude who's spreading your house. Uh, Gary, no. Um, can we all just agree <laughs> that CP wants to go to Golden State because he's 38 years old and he wants a ring? Yes. I, and that's, I, that's the biggest upside. I hope, 
I, I, it's his desperation for a ring that makes me so happy for it. And I, and I tell you what, my head has stopped spinning on the Chris Paul thing. When we talked about it last week, it was all kind of instant reaction. And so there's additional things I like. Um, if you had to handpick an identity for Steve Kerr championship teams, it's been their basketball IQ. I mean, that's what they are phenomenal at. And Chris Paul, is, you know, is going to fit right into that. I like the idea that Chris Paul can unlock even further off-ball Steph. I also like that Chris Paul can unlock, hopefully, Jonathan Kaminga in that second unit. Right. You know, he's going to put him in a position to succeed. But here's the thing I didn't say last week that I do need to say. The desperation I felt while the Warriors were seemingly going to lose to Sacramento and the the where it was based that they were too old, you know, and that like we just couldn't keep up with young legs like Malik Monk. This terrifies me, you know. I and mean, maybe we won't have that matchup, and maybe it won't it won't matter. But I, I know who Chris Paul is. I'm open arms. I think he's going to help our title chances. But you know, even if we get beyond the health stuff, I am worried that we just added another pair of older legs. So I mean, well, you know, that's that's my downside on it. But to you, Christian, what do you think? Do you like Chris Paul? Would you prefer Lillard? Anything? I would 100% prefer Damian Lillard, but like you're not going to get a clean swap for him. Right. Do you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, wait, can I tell you my Chris Paul story? Is this, Hell yes. is this the right time? <laughs> uh, okay, so I was at his camp last summer and it was uh, purely like a point guard camp. So it was a lot of incoming freshmen and then also college sophomore and juniors at this camp. So like Anthony Black was there. Keontae George was there. Who else was there? I'm like, Jalen Hood Shafino was there. Nolan, Nolan, uh, what is his name? The kid from, um, Gonzaga. Anyways, a bunch of, a bunch of kids, uh, really good players were there. Right. And so, like, I just, I told you guys, like, I, I'm friends with Keontae John or Keontae George and, um, Anthony Black's mother. And so, like, they were there as well. And, um, Anthony Black's mom is also blonde and uh, she's a bit taller than me. Um, she's very bubbly. And so the day, and I, I, I thought me and CP were cool. Like I've seen him at Peach Jam for the last seven years. Like I know his mother. I always say hello to his son. It's always like, oh, hey, CP. Like he's like, oh, hey, how are you doing? Like I thought we were cool. And so apparently like on the first day, um, Jennifer Black, Anthony Black's mom went up to him and was like, Oh, I just have to show you a photo of you with my younger son, Beckham. And it was from when Beckham was in fourth grade and he like had gone to one of his camps. And Chris was like, Oh, this is so cool. Thanks for, thanks for showing me. Literally the next day I go up to him. I was like, um, AJ Johnson was at the camp and cooking everyone. He's, uh, he was committed to Texas. Now he's playing in the NBL. So I go up to I go up to Chris and I was like, oh my gosh, look at this photo of you and AJ Johnson from four years ago. You guys were the same height. Now AJ's like six, seven, whatever. And Chris is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Hey, show my brother the picture of me with your son. And I'm like, what? And he's like, the one you showed me yesterday. And I was like, Chris, do you think I'm Anthony Black's mother? <laughs> Oh. And he's and, and then you just see him like totally panic. He's like, uh, 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 and I'm like, I'm I'm not Jennifer Black. I'm Kristen. I've been seeing you and saying hello to you for the last seven years. It's cool. 
So then we're in Chicago for Gigi Jackson's Pro Day after the Combine, and Chris was there randomly because Gigi played for Team CP3. And so I'm there at his Pro Day, and Chris is looking at me, and he's just like, hey, you look familiar. And I was like, yeah, I'm Anthony Black's mom. And, <laughs> and he, he looks at my credential and looks at my name, and he goes, oh, I remember you. That's funny. That's funny. And I was like, yeah, MFR. Like, of course it's funny. Like, dude, that's nicely played by you. That is incredibly nicely played by you. And the amount of confidence in shows I'm really impressed by. I'll have you know that if he had made that mistake with me, I mean, I don't know that could happen. <laughs> I would pretend that I was Anthony Black's mom. A thousand percent. Like, and then just hope, hope he didn't be like, oh, I just don't have that picture on me. Like I would show you that picture again, Chris, but I'm sorry. Uh, a different phone or something. <laughs> it was unbelievable. I will never, ever, ever let him live it down. I'll probably see him next week at Peach Jam. And I'll say the same thing. <laughs> you should introduce yourself. You know, I just started all the way Jennifer over. Introduce yourself. Yeah, exactly. Ex 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 Jennifer, I think see, you know my son. And then just see if he makes a connection. Did my son went number six to the magic? That's what I'll, that's what I'll start out by saying. <laughs> Is that saying. how Jennifer Black talks? That's uh, uh, your second flawless impersonation. Let's go to our next question. Um, give us a breakdown on Golden State's two picks, right? So 19 pick. Brandon with an I. I know pods. I have no idea how to say this last name. Kristen Kaczynski. Help me. Kaczynski. I knew that. I was testing you. Um, so quick. Who is this guy? And let me ask it in a better way. All right. Elevator pitch. How can he or why do you believe he has a skill set to succeed in the NBA? And how can he help the Warriors? Honestly, like, uh, you know, I watched him all season at Santa Clara. And, you know, you always have to go into the draft with a mindset of like, this isn't a power five conference. They're not playing against like tougher competition. But then in the back of your mind, you're like, okay, but we saw how good Jalen Williams, who went number 12 to OKC the year before, and he was like a lockdown defender in the NBA. So now you look at these like uh, mid-major darlings, him and Taylor Hendricks, who went number nine to the jazz. And you're like, okay, they do. There is room for them in the NBA. They they compete at a high level. Like the spacing uh, is, you know, right up their alley. And for Pods, it's like he committed first to Illinois, and I think he averaged like under two points per game his freshman year. Decided to enter the transfer portal. He and Jalen Williams have a really strong relationship. Jalen encouraged him to come to Santa Clara, and then when he showed up, I mean, this dude was a stone cold killer on the court in terms of like shooting close to 60% from the field. I think he shot what 45% from three, which huh. is insane. I'm yep. um, looking right now. 3.0%. Uh, yeah. 44% from three and 52% from two point range. So like you want, you always go into that and you're like, okay, is it because of weaker competition? And then we saw what he did at the NBA draft combine and how effective he was and how tough he was. And I remember talking to him after the combine scrimmages and he was saying like how helpful it was to have Jalen in his corner and, and, you know, just saying, this is what's going to happen. This is what people are expecting from you. This is, you know, how the interviews are going to go. And um, so he came in totally relaxed and he's like, yeah, I'm trying to do what Jalen did last year and shock the world and become a lottery pick. And I was like, uh, let's pump the brake on the lottery. <laughs> like, I think you're good enough to be a first round pick, but let's pump the brake a little bit on like repeating from Santa Clara in the lottery. Uh, I mean, he got picked over a presumptive lottery pick in Cam Whitmore. So he has that at least in his pocket. Um, 
give me a ceiling comparison, a best case scenario. If, if everything works out for him, what player can he be like? I don't know. Why don't you give these, me these uh, ahead of time? I hate comps. Like, I always have to think about comps. Like, I don't know what his ceiling is. I'll give you a better one. Grade the pick. Uh, a minus, because we know what he is. And Which is- he, he can come in right away and contribute offensively. And he's also um, a solid defender on the wing and off the switch. So he's just a hard worker. He's going to be a great locker room guy. He's going to accept his role and be patient. And there's going to be no qualm. Sorry, no issues. Sorry. I almost said that word two times. Qualm is fine. It's qualmeen. I have never heard. I have no qualms with that. I'm all good with. I've used that phrase. I, when I was qualming about something. That one I've just never heard. I mean, it's because Maybe, I'm I, I, don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. It's not like I'm a writer or anything. Like, I, I don't need to be bright with my grammar. Um, <laughs> no, but like, he's, he's going to be a solid locker room guy. I would say him and Jaime Hawkes, who went uh, 18 yeah, right there. to Miami, those two guys are, you know, those picks where you know exactly what you're getting. They're going to be instant co- contributors to the second unit. And they're going to be hard workers and just have like in 10 years, we're going to be like, oh, my gosh, where where was Jaime Hawkes? Like, where did he get yep. drafted? I, I was hoping Hawkes fell one more pick. If he had, were, were the Warriors so locked in on pod, do you think this would have been the pick regardless? Or if Jaime was there, would they have considered him? I think they, well, the day of, I think they knew Miami was going to take Jaime. Okay, yeah. So it was but not- if he had fought, I'm pretty sure he was probably high up on their draft boards as well. You'll love this question. Give me at least 10 direct comparisons <laughs> to... No, no, no. Um, any idea why there's an I in Brandon? I can't get over that, dude. I've, I've been really distracted. Why, why do I have a Y in my name? I've got a random Y okay. in my That's name. That's why I'm asking you. You feel uniquely qualified to answer this question. <laughs> any idea why there's no, a... No, but when I tell you, when I tell you, so there's this kid, Darren Peterson and Trenton Flowers, and they both have Ys in their names. Trenton is at Louisville. Darren is uh, a top junior in the country. And so when I sat down with Darren, he spells his name D-A-R-R-Y-N. And I was like, oh, Darren, you're in this exclusive club. You have a random Y in your name too. I said, the first person I ever sat down with that had a random Y in their name, he was your age and it was Jason Tatum. And Darren goes, damn, you've been doing this for that long? And I'm like... (laughs) Like I was trying to get some ball. street cred saying like me and Jason are in this like exclusive club. Welcome to our club. And he's just like, oh, you're old. <laughs> my my random name story. Uh, I, I get a it doesn't matter. I get food from the same place every time and they got to take your name. And for two years now, this place I get the food from has called me Tram with a T. <laughs> and it's gotten so far now that it just is what it is you know like i'm yeah, like i'm immediately like i think i actually tell them tram you know like i'd like a turkey and cheddar for tram please and they're like okay no problem and off it goes um so you can't win them all all right pick 57 trace jackson davis who i immediately liked all right immediately liked because he's got a chip on his shoulder he tweeted out yeah. uh, and we've got it here it is um this is from him the night of the draft y'all will regret it i promise you and so, I mean, I would imagine he's talking about slipping to 57 and he wants to punish the world for passing on him. Tell me about this guy. Same thing. Elevator pitch. Okay. I will say this, by the way, I don't know whose number that is that showed up on that screenshot, but who puts their phone number on? It's for you. I mean, it's in China. So that's a long, that's a long <laughs> like, hit. What is that? It's, yeah, it's an aggressive <laughs> reply a to a tweet. Okay. I think for <laughs> okay, Trace. Okay. It was me. Whatever. But I, I do want him to call me. And, you know, I thought I was kind of classy giving him an international number. 
for Trace, let me say this. I, I love him. I love that he went back two times after getting feedback from the NBA and saying, you need more time to develop. You need more time to develop. And so he went back and he took that feedback. But I think why he was so salty after he fell so far was there were rumors that when Denver traded into the first round and even had that 37th pick that they were targeting Trace. And so mm. he and his agent probably saw all of mm. NBA Twitter, all of Nuggets Twitter like, oh, okay, bro, you're good. Yep. You could go as high as, what do they have, 28th, 29th pick? Yep. Or you're definitely not dropping to past 37. And so when he did, he was probably like, what the, you know? Yeah. And, and for Trace, I mean, he is, he's such a salt. He's going to be a great role player. And I say that encouragingly in the sense where he's great. Like we saw him and Jalen Hutchifino at Indiana um, execute the PNR very, very well. Defensively, I mean, he's not super tall and athletic, but he plays the four. He can extend the game. You can see him right here off the, like his, his step off the wing. There he is in the back door. I mean, so he's got athleticism, but he's not, I don't know how effective he's going to be against NBA bigs because he's not that 6'10", 6'11". You know, he's more of that 6'8", 6'9", power forward. How confident are you? Let's go one at a time. One to ten. How confident are you that Pods will be the um, a rotational player? Will will earn a spot in the league? Ten. He's like he's like the Christian yep. Brown of the of this draft class. Hmm. Uh, phenomenal. I'm glad I asked that. I'm nervous about asking the second one. One to ten. Same th- uh, question for TJD. Uh, I'm I'm fifty fifty on him. Just in turn, yeah. just because of his size, and I feel like with the NBA spacing, he's going to need a little bit more time to adjust to the pace and the physicality, and just the more open space and open floor than what he's been at Indiana for the last four years. Dude, a fifty percent shot at a second rounder becoming a real rotational player, I'll take it. I mean, yeah. that's that's um, that's no, actually it was it was good. it was definitely a steal for sure as far as he fell. Yep. Uh, so. Per usual, I've had too much fun and I've dragged us long. So I got to bang some of these questions here. All right. No, it's so I'm my gonna, fault. I'm the one that had like my, you know, guy come by and had yeah. to spray the, so I'm I don't have any honest, I do blame you and kind of hate you for that. So I, well, I mean, yeah. what are we do? Gary I, lost I, his mind. It's fine. Maxime, do you think, I mean, she said the guy's there to spray bugs. It's just probably true. Do you think she actually asked him to go down and spray whatever tenant's room uh, while the guy was in there right now? Or I guess, well, we'll never. He is, he is out of here. Maxime, don't even answer that. That's like, that was like a year ago. And yes, he sprayed my basement. Hello. I, while the guy I was down female, there, whatever. It's just me and Gary. You think I want to kill spiders? No, I pay, I pay a company <laughs> to come here and poison the perimeter and interior of my house. And tennis, well, I don't, and tennis. I don't. but I, and again, I mean, you know, no judgment, dude. Yeah, that's that's totally up to you. Um, but to get us through these quick, because I got too much here, I'm going to go some quick hits with you. All right. Yes. The first thought that comes to mind: one steal of the draft. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis. Let's go. I, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll admit to you, I put these questions together and tried to get you to feel pressure so that you would say that. So victory on my side. How many all-star games for Victor? As many as he decides to play in the NBA. Wow. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, I mean, like, We're talking like LeBron numbers. Levels. Okay. Um, where would Chet Holmgren have gone in this draft? 
six. Worst date of all time. Don't give us the full story. I'm going to keep this in pocket. We're going to use it as a tease. Worst day of all time. It has to be the guy that uh, made me pay for the date because he gave me dog, dog advice. advice for Gary. Dog advice. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That was awful. Phenomenal. Maybe the most important question I'm going to ask you. And Mrs. Peak, I apologize. What the fuck was going on with Grady Dick's suit? <laughs> it's the best. Okay. Holy shit. Okay. Do you, did you guys did you guys hear so Dolce and Gabbana made this and they're like an actual designer right which is even <laughs> more funny and look he's got his Louis Vuittons on the red bottoms but uh, I said like, is this a joke my, is he trolling no. us is this his sense of of style what's happening he is so goofy and like I sent this I sent a picture of him in his suit when I interviewed him to my twin sister who could care less about basketball and she's like. <laughs> Oh my gosh, is that one of our outfits that we wore when we in our dance recital when we were five years old? And I was like, <laughs> kind of looks like it. But he his his explanation for this is like, well, you know, I'm from Kansas and Dorothy's from Kansas and she had the red shoes. So this is my red suit. That's what he said. And so I was like, okay, have you seen Wizard of Oz? He's like, the original? No. Who has? And I'm like, is there a remake? Was he talking I about? have. I don't know what he was talking about. I was like, I've seen the Wizard of Oz. But if you know Grady, like this is right up his alley. Like I would expect nothing less. And the fact that he originally wanted red sequin pants to match his top and they weren't made in time is so hilarious. And I know it looks like he's wearing a turtleneck. It's not even a turtleneck. I asked him, I was like, what does the inside of your suit look? And he opened up his suit. It's a tank top. So it was a tank top. <laughs> what? With a with turtleneck. Suit, it's still a turtleneck. It just doesn't have sleeves. <laughs> and then he had his he had his GD chain that was blinged out. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. You just found the only way to make me more annoyed with that suit by telling me that it was a tank top with a turtleneck. My two least favorite shirts in one one setting. That that I don't even why the hell would they even make that? Um Quick follow-ups, follow-up one. Is there a sequel to The Wizard of Oz? Because what the fuck is he talking about? Was it the original? I feel like there's only one I Wizard know, of Oz. I, I've seen The Wizard of Oz. He said he's never seen the original. Oh, no. I, but and that, he, and that he, he, he said, I've seen the new one. And I'm like, was there a remake? Like, I don't no. know. You know what? There might have been a Michael Jackson, The Wiz. I, that, there's some knowledge for you. Um, in fact, there might have even been two of those. So, but something tells me that's not what Grady Dick was talking about. <laughs> Follow-up number two, I'd love the idea of taking that video that we just watched you know, the, of, of him in the suit, going to people who are not really basketball fans and asking them two questions. One, what year do you think this picture was taken? <laughs> two, what does this person do for a living? And I am – no way a majority of them say, oh, 2023, and that's a top 10 basketball. Like there's, there's no way anybody makes that, uh, that connection. Maxim, I can see you wearing a fucking suit like that like on draft day. Like, hey, like, oh, like, and this, like, represent it have some kind of weird meaning behind it, but like, you'd be all over it. Am I, am I off on that? Yeah. And I, listen, Grady, like, I, I'm considering defecting to the Raptors. I am so all in on this kid. I've, I loved every aspect of what it said about him. Like, you know, the fact that he's also an excellent basketball player aside, and, you know, we've, we've had the conversation about the TikTok video. I mean, dude has charisma. You know, this is a different generation, right? I think we're, we're coming up against Gen Z entering into the league, and it's just different. And this dude is expressing himself, and I think it says really good things about who he is as a person. No, I can I like tell you, I, I asked him, I was like, 
what did Adam Silver say to you about your suit? Because I, I thought he would obviously say something to him when he was walking up to shake his hand. And he's like, I don't, I, I can't remember if he actually said anything, but I could see him squinting a little because the lights were hitting off my sequence and it was hurting his <laughs> eyes. <laughs> I can actually help here. I, I spoke with Adam, and what he told me, what he said was, is that a fucking tank top? He's like, I mean, get some sleeves, dude. That is a completely unacceptable scenario. So th there you go. A little bit of uh, a little nut of knowledge there for you. Perfect. BFF, Adam Silver. Love it. All right. Last topic. Okay. So I have done, we have done a bunch of judgment theaters with you where we bring up some topic, some personal thing, and then we try to guess what other people would do. This one is a different segment we haven't done with you, but it's very similar. This one is called Basketball Court. So for this, Kristen, we are going to take you away from the world of basketball, throw you into a judicial role. You are now the uh, honorable Kristen Peake with the judicial power to determine whether or not a social situation is acceptable or not. So I'm going to break down something that happened to me last week. Then you, in your brand new authoritative role, will tell us, give us a ruling whether or not it's acceptable. So here's the situation. So I uh, had a friend for a long time. Uh, let's call him Bob because I believe that he listens. And he, Bob and I were going to get together at a bar that's real close to my house. And before I went down there, he told me that he was going to bring, Bob was going to bring another friend that I didn't know. So I was a little pissy about that. I fucking hate new people, but fine. You know, it's, it's, it's up to him. I, I can't stop. Him, so no problem. So I go down to the bar and Bob is late and I sit at this table and I don't know it at the time, but I'm sitting at the table with the new guy. You know, we're both waiting for Bob to show up, but we don't know that, that, you know, we're, we are, have some connection. So it's easy. You know, we don't have to talk. We're on our phone. There there's, we're just sitting there waiting. Then Bob shows up and he introduces us, but he doesn't sit Bob because we're at a bar hasn't gotten a drink yet. And so he introduces us and then immediately leaves, Your Honor, immediately leaves. He has to go grab a beer and him go grabbing a beer it takes, I don't know, 25 minutes. And suddenly me and the stranger are on a fucking first date. I've got to like, I've got to sit there and talk with him and try to be funny and fucking tap dance and like all these things. And I hated it. And I hated Bob. So bringing it to you. Acceptable. You know, like, is it okay that he went and, and got a beer or is there, did he, did he have to sit, you know, like, did he have to come in and just suck it up and go through that initial five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is, you know, to, to make us feel more comfortable. Okay. Uh, I have a couple questions. You said you guys were at a table and you didn't know that both of you were waiting for the same guy. Was this yep. just like, a? was it in a bar and you guys were just like standing Around the table? Um, great question. And so first, let me say, we have done one of these before. And you know why I remember that? The last time we did these, when I asked you, somebody ate some of my garlic fries and you said <laughs> you never should have put them on the ground. So those are follow-up <laughs> questions that are gold. Follow-up question here. This is, um, it's an outdoor restaurant, small setting, and there's a bunch of picnic tables that you can sit at. So the, each picnic table probably sits, what, five, six people? In this one, there is just two of us and we're on opposite Opposite size of the picnic table. But, you know, I when I sat down, I said, do you mind if I sit here? Acknowledging we don't know each other or anything. You know, I'm just going to fucking be here. And then immediately I'm on my phone. I'm not, you know, we're not right. talking at all. Right, right. Uh, what do you want him to do, Bram? He has to get a drink. Like He's got to sit. He's got to sit and be like and talk for a while and make it less awkward. I, I, I think it's unacceptable. He should have absolutely sat down. I don't agree as, oh. as your honor. I'm like, <laughs> you guys show up to get drinks. Let the man get a drink. 
You nice host name. a podcast, for God's sakes. You can talk to anyone. <laughs> oh, we were fine. It's not like it got silent there. I mean, I, in fact, if there's like footage of it, you could probably see me sweating like a maniac, like coming up with as many bullshit topics. Like, you know what I like? The color blue. Do you like the color blue? What's the color blue smell like? Let's talk about, I mean, just so many ridiculous over the top. Um, but Bob, and by Bob, I mean JT, because you know I've been talking about you this entire time. Unacceptable, and Kristen is wrong. Maxime, I'm making you the judge. Kristen doesn't know what she's talking about. Is this acceptable from your standpoint? I, I, I think there's a statute of limitations on the amount of time that you can be away from the table. And I think to, to Bob's probably thinking, he was like, I'm, I'm just going to go grab a drink. It's going to take me like literally two minutes and I'll be right back. And then he's sitting in line. He's like, some cost fallacy. Like I've been here five, okay. I've been here. Ten, I can't go. Like, this is ridiculous. And I've been waiting here line, so long. I need he, a drink. He probably thought, oh, I already introduced them. I'm good. He just gave us each other's names. And to be fair, to complete the picture, he says, I'm going to grab a drink. And all three of us look over. Hell of long line. I mean, like you could yeah. see the line spilling out, and he's like, ah, "I'm gonna go anyways." And I immediately was like, "I hate you," and I'm gonna, I'm gonna whitewash this by talking about it on the podcast. So you guys are are legitimately really helping me here. Um, <laughs> all right, Christian, over an hour. I know you're on vacation. This means the world to us. Way more people. I'm gonna put that a different way. I am positive that people just like me love your content need way more of you in their life. If they do want to accomplish that, how do they do it? You can follow me on Twitter at Kristen Peak with a Y, like we talked about, um, or read all my stuff. Just like Jason Tatum. <laughs> Just the Jason with a Y, Kristen with a Y. Or read all my stuff. I'm going to Peach Jam next week in Summer League, so it'll be Wimba Mania in, in Vegas for a couple games um, on Yahoo Sports. <laughs> you... Uh... You know where to track us down. In fact, important show notes. We're going to be renaming this to the casual huddle. So look out for that. We're also on social media in a bunch of locations. We're on Twitter at Warriors Huddle. We're on YouTube, which means the world. We need six more subscribers. Six. Six subscribers to help us out. Hop on there and subscribe. You don't have to watch. It'll take you eight seconds. I promise I will love you forever. Uh, we're also on Instagram. And finally, and to give everyone a sense of just how crazy my entire family is, my daughter who's in the room who heard me say that, that, you know, I love everybody looked up competitively. So that makes me really, uh, <laughs> makes me really respect her. Uh, you want to get us an email, let us know we did a good job, bad job, question, any job. You can send that to huddle at warriorshuddle.com. With that in mind, go Warriors. Hopefully, we'll see you real soon. Good, good. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. 
take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.